to Learning Now Radio, bringing you the best news, views, and interviews from the team that brings you Learning Now TV. This is Learning Now Radio. So on this episode of Learning Now Radio, I am delighted to introduce um, Jolt Ola. He is Director of Innovation and Learning at the Performance Development Group. Um, and I've met him at a number of occasions at DevLearn, and we've always had the most fascinating conversations. Um, as well as having a very busy day job, he's also a writer, speaker, blogger, and more importantly, a doer. And I've invited him on the show today because he's written a fascinating piece for e-learning industry, which I think is very timely and important. So, Jolt, welcome to Learning Now Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. And um, I just have to say I'm so happy to finally uh, meet you in real life uh, at DevLearn <laughs> after all the conversation we did online. Well, you know, being advocates of learning technology, it still doesn't replace that meeting in real life. It really is needed from time to time, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um I've been following your blogs and you've very big kindly, I think, been following mine over the last few years. And um, this particular article um, really caught my eye, I think, because at the moment it's something that people are struggling with from lots of different perspectives. And it's really about learner engagement and motivation and what drives them to engage or motivate to learn at work or not, as the case may be. So, Jacques, can you tell me a little bit more about your motivation for writing this piece? Yeah, sure. So actually, that piece is part of my book that I'm writing. Um, sometimes in the May timeframe, um, it should um, it should come out. And um, this piece, particularly um, that I've spent probably the most in researching, um, we're talking to companies, uh, I think the number one issue that they have especially L&D, is, is this engagement problem, which is a kind of weird problem because they say learners are not engaged. So they're looking for new ways to engage learners. So there's uh, gamification, uh, micro-learning, new LMS replacement, um, AR, VR, all that technology is out there. And I think they're getting it wrong from approaching it from a, from a technical or a solution perspective. And, and that was the trigger for um, for the article of just looking at engagement from a little bit different perspective and asking the right questions before you jump in and just try to implement something to raise engagement. And I love your quote here in terms of exactly engaging people and engaging talent. Um, your quote here, which is fantastic, is, I'm a human resource, develop me, said no one ever. Um, especially as you put there with full engagement and motivation, but that most employees go to work to do a good job, to be fulfilled. Although there are the kind of hygiene factors of, you know, bills to pay and families to keep, people want to do a good job and they want to grow and they want to feel that they're progressing. That's, you know, that's, that's what we're all about as humans. So how do we start tackling that then, Jolt? If we're not, if, we're not tackling it through, as it were, discrete interventions. What does the world look like when we engage and motivate people in our organisations? So I think we 
if we take one step back and, and, and even the title, look at the how we approach learners with the word learner, um, this is, I, I think, where we getting it wrong from the beginning. Um, people who approach a learning event or even if you think as a process from a learner perspective, they think about a time, maybe 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes or a, a day ILT type of thing um, as a bubble somewhere when, when these learners show up. And I don't think there are learners. There are people with the background. They're running around like crazy doing their job. They have, you know, issues at work, their families and all that. And there are humans. And learning is just really part of it. A lot of tiny speckle in the big dust around them. And if you take a look at learning, there is things happen before, things happen during the learning, and things a lot of things happen after the learning. So instead of talking about these learner things, which um, is kind of like a made-up um, status for that 15 minutes, we just look at the humans. And they're engaged. They do a lot of things. They actually learn a lot about things that they should not, probably, according to their managers. So there is engagement and there is motivation. It's just not, in theory, towards the right thing. And if you look at learners, um, most of the time what we do is we pack some kind of content into a form, whether it's an e-learning or an ILT, and then we expect them to be engaged and excited about and motivated about the content. Instead of doing that, we go back all the way and try to figure out what in the world we want to do with these people. Because um, there are only two questions all the time when when you learn something or there's a training, even worse, about it worse, uh, word. What do I what do I do, do something differently? What do we need to do differently at the end? Um, and how does this relate to me? If it's not relatable, if it seems like there's nothing to do with me, it's some kind of generic thing, uh, then they're not going to be engaged no matter what you do. And I think that's where we, we have to start with figuring out how to make it relatable and how to challenge them, and which which is probably the, the hardest thing to work with the subject matter expert, to put people in positions when they have to make a decision right away and not you know, bombarding with them with things that they need to know before they make a decision. And I think, you know, a lot of this comes down to kind of making that deep connection where if we want performance to shift, if we want people to change, then we have to engage them at at more than an information dump level. We've got to engage them at an emotional level. And that's not because it's a nice thing to do although it is a nice thing to do <laughs> it's because from a, a neuro perspective that's what sticks that's what engages and that's what motivates and if you want that performance shift that's what's going to make those new connections in the brain of course and I, I think completely agree and and I think we're missing most of the time the story the whys um, the, the the inside motivators and we just plug everything that's data, st static and processes and whatever that they should know about. And that's not actionable. So literally they're just sitting there and waiting for the action verb of what to do. So this all sounds very um, credible. Uh, it's a lot of common sense. We need to engage our learners. So the big question is, how do we go about it? And I know that in this piece and obviously in, in, in the book that you're um, writing at the moment, you've got some very practical advice on how we go about engagement for humans, as you call it, and your five design steps. So take us through those five design steps. Yeah, so 
there is actually six. Um, there's a zero. I, I, I'm a geek, so I start counting from zero. And uh, that zero step usually doesn't happen because of all kinds of circumstances. But if it can't happen, it's a great start. Um, the zero step is before you even come to the learning event or learning um, process or even start anything else. Be Even before that, how can we engage them to start thinking about that whole um, idea. So for example, if we do have to, let's say, enroll into a e-learning that's mandatory or something, maybe it's compliant, something dry, why don't we send out an email or any kind of communication that they have uh, with a scenario and say, hey, 80% of people would do X, what would you do? So before you even get to start learning about or get to the first page or welcome to the blah, blah, blah e-learning, they start thinking about a realistic scenario that they would face at work. And as they select something, they're already engaged because they want to see if they were right or wrong. And with that connection, it's much, I think, easier to start challenging them and engaging them. So that would be the first or zero step. Uh, if people can do that, that's great. Sometimes just limitations of practicality and won't happen. In that case, let's say it's an e-learning because most of the time this is the, the biggest problem because it doesn't know a lot of people around. It's just you and the computer. So step one and step two there sometimes come together, sometimes separate. But it's one, it's the relate, um, relatable. How does it relate to me? What do you want me to do differently? Is this something that I can use um, in the near future? And then if you do that and couple it with a challenge, whether it's a scenario, whether it's a showing results that, that actually happened at a company and they can make a difference. So in any way, just link it to their reality, previous knowledge, and, and start with something that they would might be able to resolve in, in a real life situation. And that's step one um, and two kind of together, the uh, relatable and, and engagement. And then once they have a challenge, once they're challenged mentally, and what I, I'm stressing this because what happens with engagement is we see these um, very flashy hover overs and click here and play this game and all that. And if there's nothing in behind, there's no theory behind why we're doing that. Um, and there's not nothing that supports the actual learning, then all these just, you know, whiz bang, bing bang things and it's not going to help. But if you do challenge them mentally to make a decision, do something and they see the result, give them feedback, then they start getting learning, into, getting into getting engaged and we're not engaging them, they're getting engaged, which is the basically the other way um, you approach that. And, and there's a lot of um, talk around today about motivation at work uh, or just generally. And motivation, there's a whole chapter in that. I In the actual blog, I get a lot of reference to books and, and other people who are doing great uh, working with motivations because this is a, it's something very illogical. Some people think that motivation is about you know, giving them a prize. If you complete this module, you know, you get an iPad or something like that. And it's really not how um, motivation is working. And motivation and and in, in the last step in this, in this process is um, inspire. Motivating and inspiring is something that happens after they're done with the course and they have no control over it. So your goal is not to pack everything into this learning event that they need to know. Your goal in this case is to engage them enough 
So they have the critical knowledge, skill, or whatever your goal was. But then motivate them to apply that within a short time frame, and it's not scientific, but maybe within a week or so, something that they already plan in through the through this engagement. So they have something to look forward to, make a plan, apply that, and then in the long run, if you can, how is that going to change their life? How do they grow? What other resources they have? What other people they have? So use the whole ecosystem to inspire them to do more, to dig more, learn more, um, work out, find people who have the same uh, passion and, and, you know, work with other people and not just we're not focusing on this one e-learning, which is a speck of a dust in their, you know, in even a week or a month or so. Well, and I would really challenge everybody thinking about that now to go and have a look at all their e-learning packages and see how many as a proportion start with in this module you will learn xyz and it will lay out the menu of all the things that you just as you said um, as a human you are going to learn these things we can't say that we can't possibly say that because like you said depending on the context or how somebody relates to the the content that you're providing or why they're motivated to do it it's just it's it's really made me think just there um jolt about the fact that suggesting that these are the things that you are going to take away from what we're going to provide now is so phenomenally subjective that you're absolutely right it's actually about let's think about some scenarios that you're probably finding yourself in or may not but we're going to give you the opportunity to challenge us on that to think about the um, ways in which you want to engage with the workplace or with this content or with other individuals and whatever but this is the start of a process this is a this is a jump off point as it were we're going to we're laying down some foundations to help you think about these issues but the work starts here this is not the learning yeah, and and I think in theory, if you read this blog, it makes sense and it's all nice and, and cozy. Where the, the problem starts is you're working with people, um, stakeholders, subject matter experts, and whoever have to, like hundreds of people have to look at this and approve, and you need to be able to convince them. Um, and I think we did, L&D did a great job in the last 10 years to convince people about action verbs and um, how we're going to have conditions and, and all that well-constructed learning objectives on page one. Um, and if you read the research or look at the research, there's examples there as well in the blog. You need to rethink of what you're doing with your learning objectives. And um, And at some point in the history, we kind of came up with this idea that we're going to present these learning objectives to the learner as is. And we think that one, uh, it's going to help them to learn and two, it's going to excite them and motivate them and engage them. And if you do create um, good performance objectives, which relatable right there, and they know how they're going to use this after the learning, that may be the case. But but what I've seen so far a lot of times is is literally we listing all the things that they will be able to do. Like, for example, the listing or explaining the five pillars of strategic uh, um, alignment. And it doesn't make any sense for them. Uh, it's very measurable. It's great for the designer because that's what the, the learning is about. But as for a person, I don't know what to do with it. 
if you tell me that I'm going to be able to sell more widgets by the end of this module, or I'm going to be learning about five tricks that the top performers do, then I'm going to be more interested in to, to look at that. So how does that impact then on day-to-day practice of learning professionals? Because um, interestingly, very recently, the Learning Performance Institute in the UK published a, um, republished, I should say, actually, a blog by Nick Shackleton-Jones, who's at PA Consulting, on something he called the anatomy of the modern learning professional. And it was looking at, in fact, very interesting things that you picked up on there, Jolt, things like um, performance consulting. It's actually understanding what performance means in from the individual's perspective. Um, active listening, finding out what the story of the business is and being able to tell that story of managing those stakeholders and those subject matter experts and then delivering it using user-centered design. And I just wonder what your thoughts were on that. So I think you've probably seen uh, the devastating reports that came out uh, the last couple of weeks here as well from LinkedIn, um, from Brandon Hall. And um, I don't know if you can actually recall all of them. It was it was almost saying the same story from different perspective that L&D is technically is, is just is not only struggling anymore, but they don't know where they're going. They don't know how to show value. Um, CEOs, um, I think it was like an 8% that they actually see ROI coming from L&D, and yet their number one goal is talent, retain, engagement. And it, so it, it seems like that that this has been going on for a while, but now it's really clear that L&D needs to make a, a difference. Somehow they have to shift from the old times keeper of information and LMS king um, and and here's my content go and read type of thing it is something very different and I think where are we going in the future and then there's a huge debate on that of which way to go jump or kind of step or climb but I think L&D needs to step out from the, the little learning content and especially the, the talent development kind of approach to helping people grow, connect the dots, help them find each other, help them find the resources. And also, it's just my personal opinion, it wasn't in, in any of those uh, uh, re- research, but I think we need to do more than just learning. We need to be problem solvers. And critical thinking is gonna be critical um, no pun intended, uh, human-centric design, like like design thinking of approaching problems. Because in that way, we can go to the, the business um, early on as a problem solver, finding res- finding all these issues, analyzing them, root cause analysis, and then, and then have a creative discussion of what the solutions are. And some of these will be related to learning and some won't. But if we wait until the last moment that someone comes to us and say, we need training or we need learning, then we're boxed in, there's no budget, and there's nothing to do at that point because we don't have time. And I think as much as, like you say, reports like the Brandon Hall report may seem um, rather scary, a a rather terrifying (laughs) prospect, actually I think you can totally flip that to say, what an absolutely fascinating job. With what you've just described, if that was in a you know in a job description, these are the things that you will do. This is your opportunity uh, and the impact that you could make on an organisation. It's an incredibly fulfilling role and very important, very dynamic. Um, it's critical 
actually to to business success. So, you know, we've had lots of episodes of Learning Now Radio where we've discussed this and you know, where are learning development going? You know, is it the, the future of learning and development? Is the end of learning development? But I think more and more, and this is why these sorts of conversations are so important, that actually there is a massive opportunity here. If But if we can get our thinking clear and well researched just as you have done which is really why I wanted you on here today it's that it's that depth of research it's that being open to lots of different disciplines to pull together to the as as Nick would say you know, the anatomy of the modern learning professional um I think it's I think it's really exciting I don't know what you think Charles. <laughs> Um, yeah it's the you you look at the uh, the glass half full full empty whatever and someone's like why do we need a glass here Um, I think it's it's you mentioned I think stories storytelling how to tell the story to to the stakeholders or SMEs or or business and I think storytelling is going to be something that kind of like holds this whole thing together because you can't tell a story without touching the emotional part the, the motivation, the intrinsic motivation. Otherwise, the story is not a story. It's about throwing out facts, which we do sometimes and we think that it's going to convince people. But it's, it's really not. Storytelling is an art. And I think I, I did um, I did venture into screenplay writing when I was young um, in 2000. And it took me um, about four months to write a screenplay and I put every little twist that you can imagine. So that if I had to describe that movie that I, it was something like uh, the Sixth Sense meets Elmo meets the Grotfather meets the whatever um, horror film you've seen. So I put every little thing. It's almost like creating a learning when first time you saw um, PowerPoint transitions and you put everything on one screen because it's so cool. That was not working well. Um, I got this um, judge feedback uh, literally saying that it's a great start. The ending is amazing, but in between, what a pain. And I think this is how we we approach uh, learning sometimes, that we put all these engagement little jingles into that just to make people get through this 30 minutes instead of look at it from a a story perspective. uh, What is the story that I'm telling? How do I start a story? None of the stories start with someone coming out and tell you what the end's going to be. And these are the things that you're going to learn. You learn that on the way there. Now, I did take 10, 10 years after um, learning the trade. And, and my, my last screenplay was actually um, 2007, uh, made it to the international um, finalist. So I did learn. But what I learned was that, that you need to work with people. You need to work out. I joined zoetrope.com uh, where, where people – upload their their work and they get feedback on it from from peers and i think we need to do the same we need to have all these ideas share those ideas be social and learn how to give and and receive feedback um many times we we think that some genius sit in a room and um come up with an idea and it runs with it and it's and i think it's not working anymore um i think there's just so much complexity now in life that you need to work with with others in the field cross-functionally and with your peers and really openly provide and get feedback and an action, um, you know, act on it, you know, to get better um, in the future. Well, Joel, what a fantastic message to finish on for a podcast that really hopes to connect those sorts of people and start those sorts of conversations and help people reach out to their peers. 
for feedback and a platform to tell the story that you've so wonderfully told for us today. So, um, Jop, once again, thank you so much for joining us on Learning Now Radio. Thank you so much for having me. And if you want to see me in real life, um, I would love to. And for anyone, uh, I'll be at the ATD ICE conference, international conference in Atlanta in May. And my session is a escape the room type of activity. But it's going to be escape the world and world as in L&D. Wow. Well, that sounds unmissable. So everyone get yourself (laughs) along there. And uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you again in the future. So thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Bye-bye. Learning Now Radio. All the best news, reviews and interviews. Well, that's all we have for this episode. I hope you found some useful takeaways to jot down and use back at work. And please remember to share Learning Now Radio with your work colleagues, your Twitter followers and, of course, your Facebook friends. So once again, thank you so much for listening to Learning Now Radio. Please help us to spread the word by subscribing and rating us on iTunes. And Lisa and I look forward to you joining us in two weeks' time.